0: this is Emeka and Alandris and you're listening to the So Far Us podcast. The 30-minute podcast where we break down a trending topic centering the discussion on the Black millennial woman's experience and explore what it means for us by answering with So For Us. Now let's break down this episode's trending topic. The Kaiser Family Foundation has an ongoing research project that monitors and tracks the public's attitudes and experiences with the COVID-19 vaccine. On February 19th, they released a report on the attitude of Black women and men towards the COVID-19 vaccine. For Black women, they found that 19% said they definitely won't get it, 41% are more likely than other groups to want to wait and see, 69% of those who have not gotten the vaccine say they do not have enough information about side effects, and 87% are worried they might experience serious side effects from the vaccine. They also reported that 53% of the black women say they trust the healthcare system to do what is right for them and their community only some or almost none of the time. This is a Mecca. So for me, I also had concerns about potential side effects. I spent a lot of time discussing with a close friend all the information we both were gathering about the vaccines from our own online research. I also spent a lot of time on Clubhouse in the rooms where Black doctors spoke about COVID-19 and the vaccines. Ultimately, I decided, based on the information I found and received and believed to be true, getting the vaccine was the best choice for me, and I am now fully vaccinated with the Moderna vaccine. However, given the historical and current treatment of Black people within the American healthcare system, I believe Black people having concerns and or questions is valid and not surprising.
1: So for Landris, I spoke with my doctor who is a Black doctor. And after discussing the concerns I had about my medical complications, we had to determine what will be the best approach so that I do not have another reaction to this vaccine like I did to another many years ago. Currently, I am waiting to take my vaccine. It is disheartening to see our community suffering huge losses due to misinformation and justified historical distrust for the medical community. The decision to get vaccinated is not so simple.
0: So, I think it's really interesting um, that both of us kind of touched on historical and current, um, I guess, experiences that Black people are and have had um, in the healthcare system. Um, Because you'll find there's a lot of, or it seems like to me, there's a lot of articles or discussions about the COVID-19 vaccines, where things like, the Tuskegee um, experiment, if that's what you want to call it, um, has taken place and how that that is supposed to be supposedly part of the reason why uh, Black people may be hesitant to the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, and then, you know, you can do more research and you can find even more examples of historical harm that has happened to Black people through the medical system, um, whether it's looking at um, the man they consider like the father of modern gynecology, um, which is based on what he was doing to enslave Black women, yes. uh, where he was doing the procedures without anesthesia on them, not knowing what he was doing to figure out how to eventually come up with procedures that work Um, or um, stories of kind of folklore, which probably is based in truth about um, black people being kidnapped or our bodies being taken for medical schools to study or even making stuff out of our skin. Um, And there are other things like Henrietta Lacks and, So there there are plenty of examples out there and not just to black people and not just to black people in the United States. Um, But while people are using that, I do feel like there maybe needs to be more emphasis on the current treatment of black people in the healthcare system. Um, For example, Uh, Right before we started recording or preparing to record, I spoke with my grandmother and just asked her. Um, And so two things about that. One, um, she wants to get the vaccine and she cannot get it. She's Mm -hmm. on a long wait list here in Texas. She has been on it um, and has not received it. She's eligible. Uh, meanwhile the government is talking about opening it up to other people there's a huge backlog a huge wait list and we can get into that later Um, but beyond that you know initially like me um, she was hesitant about getting the vaccine so I was curious you know to explore with her why was she hesitant curious if Mm -hmm. she was going to even bring up Tuskegee or anything like historical Mm -hmm. and she did not (laughs) that's (laughs) not why um in fact she was not familiar with Tuskegee even if maybe she had heard about it before it was not top of mind for her Uh, and when I told her about some of the things I just mentioned before you know she was obviously shocked not necessarily surprised and we are both upset about it uh, but it really just came down to things like, one, um, the speed at which the vaccines came out, feeling like there's not enough information, and also Trump right, and his right. behavior as president um, and knowing that, you know, the work that was done from the perspective of people who are just hearing about it in the media, it would seem that the work on the vaccine was really just done while he was president, right? Correct some of the research definitely predates that and informs the work that they did to get to the vaccine but mm-hmm. you know it makes sense that someone would be like wait this is a vaccine that was created in the time of Trump and we know yeah it's Trump yes um, <laughs> yes uh and you know his position on science and then they rushed this vaccine and then you want me to put this in my body um so yeah, so I think it's it's more than just the historical side mm-hmm. of it. Um, and I've been seeing some interesting articles about how it feels like in some ways they're kind of trying to use things like Tuskegee as a scapegoat right. to excuse kind of what are the real issues of why the percentage of Black people getting this vaccine is so low, despite the high rate of us getting COVID, ending up in the hospital with COVID, dying of COVID. Uh, It's not this fear because of history, but is it access? Can we talk about how is it like here in Texas in major cities, they're setting up locations and vaccine hubs um, in predominantly Black communities and yet it's not predominantly Black people getting the shot there
1: talk about Um, it (laughs) yeah
0: so it it kind of you know too much of a focus on stuff like to ski it's important you have to acknowledge it you have to know that history um but you can't put it so much at the forefront that they allow themselves to just leave it at that oh the rate is so low because they don't really want it Quite a few of us do want it, but we're not able to get it. And why is that?
1: That's an interesting point because I am currently experiencing that. But I wanted to go back to what you said about speaking to your grandma. And I think that it's interesting that both of us decided to go speak to our grandmothers about their experiences. Um, So I spoke to my grandmother um, a couple of weeks ago before... Uh, We're not necessarily talking about if she's going to get the vaccine, but just talking about her experience. And at that time, she wasn't interested in getting the vaccine um, because she actually contracted COVID. Um, Mm. And she and I were talking for a little bit, but she has been very apprehensive about the medical community for as long as I can remember. And it had nothing to do with Tuskegee. It had everything to do with the Mm -hmm. town that she lived in. Um, Mm -hmm. And she told me this story years ago, and I just asked her to recall it for me again, just to make sure I had all my facts right. And she said how my grandfather was hunted by doctors in her town into a sugarcane field because they were going to collect his body to operate on him. Because back then, if you were uh, going to be a white doctor, you had to go get your own cadaver. And most of the time they would get mobs to go hunt black people. And so, my grandfather was one of them, and the only reason why he was able to escape is because he was able to disappear into a sugarcane plantation sugar planta- uh, sugarcane field and And he was able to make it home. So she has been apprehensive about medicine because of that experience. And also the way that her mother was treated, you know, having babies and being left to her own devices, not being given the medication that she needed while giving birth. Like she has experience. Um, where she doesn't feel like she needs to trust what's happening in medicine right now, but since she's had COVID, you know, she does go to the doctor. She does get her checkup. She does get what she needs. But she, she, d- it wasn't as apprehensive as she was before. And I told her, I said, "Hey, I'm seeing a black doctor, and this is the information that I've come up with." And my black doctor actually took this. Um this vaccine and this is how the effects impacted her and this is why she qualified and so by me giving my grandmother information she's become a little bit more open to it rather than you know her just hearing it off of the news or off somewhere else from people she does not know like people saying and you know uh, same with mine we have a few people in our family who are nurses And they were able to talk to her and say, hey, Mama, you need to consider this because of your age. And this is how the vaccine impacted me. I'm a nurse. I'm on the the priority list. And this is how many shots I got. This is how far they were apart. This is what you can possibly expect if you get the shot. So by us talking to her and giving her our experiences, she's become more open to it. And I think part of the issue with the Black community being apprehensive, if that's the argument that most uh, news outlets want to go with, is communication and relationship. If you don't have a relationship with people and say, I'm going to stick you in an arm with some drugs that you don't know about, of course they're going to be apprehensive. You need to have people who actually know the community, go into the community, speak to the community, give them resources that they can look up themselves because believe it or not, Black people do research things before they go into it. Like, we're not just all willy-nilly going into stuff blind. We actually research. And... and
0: well, I was going to say, just related to that, like, this idea of, like, the news being like, oh, it was created partially by a Black woman, or look at this Black person getting it. That's fine, but it's not kind of getting deeper into the root of it because like you said about building relationships communication it's like even looking at like disparities in health where for so long they would say oh it's because you are black you're more prone to this and ignoring you know now there's becoming um or there's conversation starting where it's like well let's not just say oh because you're black you're more prone to it but let's look at because I am Black, here are, here's how the healthcare system has treated me uh, with, in, in regards to access, right. um, regard in regards to quality of care, hearing me when I tell you something is wrong and how I'm being treated and how that impacts disparities and it increases rates of certain things. And so looking at the healthcare system, don't focus on, oh, we just need to, um, prove something to black people we need to prove to them um it's safe because they think it's not safe so let me show them a black person worked on it a black person got the shot Mm -hmm. or let's tell them you're black so you're more prone to these things and here's what you need to do and make it like putting all of it on us like it's something that we as Black people are doing without also addressing and acknowledging well, what is the healthcare system's role in this as well, what um, the racial biases and um, how we're being treated and things like that when we're receiving care or the type of care that we're treating. Like some of that conversation needs to be towards the healthcare system too. Right, and a part right? of it. Like you said, about building relationships. Right. Um, doctors that look like us. We're 13% of the population, but only 5% of the physicians. For Black women, we're only like 2%. Mm-hmm. And then you have the doctor from Tulane who has brought that lawsuit about you know being discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Um, and other doctors or Black doctors talking about having similar experiences and really not even wanting to practice anymore, which again, <laughs> it's going to be even worse off for us. Right. Um, because we do do better when we are with uh, providers who look like We them. do.
1: And I can say that from my experience last year, if it had not been for me having um, a Black primary care physician and an Indian gynecologist OB um, I'm sorry OBGYN I probably wouldn't be here having this conversation with you because of how tumultuous my pregnancy was in the beginning and then going into having to have an emergency c-section during a pandemic if I had not had Two women of color who are under who can speak from not only experience with the medical industry and how it impacts Black women, as well as their studies and understanding what their Black patients and listening to their Black patients, I wouldn't be here. Because when I had to go into the emergency room, the doctors who were not Black, who were not women, were not even bothering to listen to me. And it took another patient seeing that I was struggling to point out that I was having some real trouble. And it's, it's a very harmful, harmful experience that I think a lot of Black people, especially Black women experience. But I wanted to touch bases on what you were saying when it comes to um, the medical industry. Like we need to have a conversation about that. I think we should also go back to when the pandemic first started when do you remember when the pandemic first started how everybody was in the house and they were saying everybody needs to stay home everybody needs to do this wear masks stay stay inside don't leave unless you really have to and it was all Mm -hmm. about protecting people and then the media comes out and say oh it's protecting it's it's impacting elderly people more than younger people and then the lieutenant governor of Mm -hmm. Uh, Texas decides to say, oh, we should sacrifice Meemaw for the greater good. Hmm. But then after that report comes out, it says, oh, black people are dying at a higher rate. And that's when everything started to change because now you're saying that it's mainly killing black people. And so that's when you start seeing people going to these state capitals with their guns, without masks, demanding to be opened up so they can go get their hair done and the nails done. And following that up with oh, they need, there's a study saying that we need to um, study more black people and more people in Africa and see what happens with COVID. Like there was an article that came out that was floating around online and I really hope it had no credibility. But looking back at it now, it probably did. Like they were trying to study black people. And that made a whole lot of black people apprehensive early on. So in addition to saying that it was killing black people the most, people who were not black advocating to open up despite that study showing that it's killing black people the most. And then randomly saying, Oh, we need to get black people the vaccine because they're dying at a higher rate. How does that not that mixed messaging? How does that not make black people more apprehensive to the medical community because it's all over the place. Plus it was underneath Trump who we know doesn't care about black people. So it was a lot going on and Instead of people being out there advocating for change in the narrative to help understand what was happening with black people and this pandemic, there was so much focus on Trump. It's like now that he's gone, you're saying give black people the vaccine because they're dying at a higher rate, which you didn't spend as much time going on and on about how it was killing black people as you did about how it could positively impact black people. So now we're scared as a community. Not necessarily saying I'm scared at this point, but as a community, black people are scared about what could happen, even though there are some people who are like, I'm still going to go take the vaccine. There are still black people who are like, I don't want to die. So I'm in this confusing realm of if I take it, I could die. If I don't take it, I could die. Like I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was high risk and she was like, I don't know. I honestly can't take this. I don't even know what to do. She's like, my doctor says I should take it, which I am going to take it, but I'm scared. I'm genuinely scared to take it because of everything that's come out about this whole pandemic and how it's impacted me and my family. I'm scared to take it, even if it does turn out to be better. I don't know how it's going to affect me in the long run.
0: Yeah, and I guess first, this is a good point (laughs) or a good point in time to say this and maybe we should have started with it. We're not giving medical advice. Because I certainly can't tell anyone whether or not they should get the vaccine. I am fully vaccinated, but that was my decision. Um, And that's, like, a decision you have to make for yourself. And hopefully you have a provider you can also discuss that with. Um, But the part of the reason why I made the decision to get the vaccine was because I... I believe the studies and the research that has been done that talks about just the poor treatment and care we as black people and we as black women receive Mm -hmm. in the healthcare system and the discrepancies in the treatment, right? And it's in the care and the quality of the care. And so for me, when I know that if you get COVID-19, sometimes there's the chance that you're going to end up in that hospital for a long time, and you may be by yourself just with the healthcare Mm -hmm. workers. And then I think about (laughs) what we have learned Black women face when they're in the hospital. I was like, I'd rather take my chances with the vaccine than be stuck in the hospital for a month by myself. And so for me, Like, I I think what we're we're both saying in this whole conversation is that this is not just about historical treatment of Black people in the medical system, but this is about current lived experiences, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And so based on that, I'd rather get the vaccine and take the chances of that than take the chances of being in the hospital for a month or so. Yeah, yeah. So the very reason that some people don't want to get the vaccine for me is actually part of what pushing right. me to get
1: it. <laughs> right. And like. what's pushing me to get it is also the studies. It's also the transparency of my doctor who took the vaccine and told me um, her experience with it. It's also the relationships that I have with people who are medical professionals who are explaining to me why it's so important to have the vaccine um, like it said, it goes back to what I said earlier, relationships and people, you know, and community surrounding the information does help. Um,
0: I mean, yeah, I'm certainly not saying that yeah. that was the only reason why I got it. Like I said er, in the earlier right. segment, you know, doing my own research and listening to not just provide, in fact, I did not reach out to my mm-hmm. own provider, <laughs> but, um, I listened to other Black providers and other ways that were speaking about it and what I felt were transparent um, and honest ways. Um, And also just knowing like part of the research that goes to the vaccine has been in the works for some time. It it, it didn't just start last year um, and learning more about the process. You know, so I think it sounds like they um, skipped steps Um, when that's not necessarily what happened just because it did happen a bit faster. It's not necessarily that they skipped steps from my Mm -hmm. understanding. Um, And then also if it's rooted in like the medical system in the United States, you know, obviously people, this has been kind of an international effort, you know, so kind of that worry and concern about like Trump and all that I was less concerned about that because I felt like it was more of an international right. effort. And this is just from right. my own <laughs> research because, again, I'm not I'm not a medical provider. Um, and um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things that weighed into my decision. But I was just pointing out that um, it is the current lived experiences of Black people and Black women in healthcare systems that is actually part of the reason why
1: i received absolutely absolutely and i think um as a mother who was pregnant early on and had to deliver early on in the pandemic that has also weighed in on my decision um because of the complications with my pregnancy um my baby was at risk and so was i and i am still i am now high risk because of it and so me wanting to stick around to see my kids grow up is another factor that goes into it. Like there are certain decisions. There's like a whole b- bunch of reasons. It's not as simple as, you know, people are saying, well, no matter what, I'm just going to take the vaccine. Like some people don't have that option. Some people don't have that option of just be like, like, cause I've seen that they were like, you know, well, I, all the stuff that if you've been on bourbon street, you should be able to take the vaccine with no problem. Like, yeah, I've been on bourbon street. I've also survived bourbon street. So, I mean, it's Berber Street hasn't been injected into my system before, but, you know, there's certain things that I can say that. Are pushing me to make the decision to get the vaccine, but it wasn't always so because I didn't always have that opportunity to just be like, I'm a jump and go ahead and take this vaccine, because when if you remember swine flu, um, I took the flu shot during that time. And I had a very negative reaction. And when I had to explain that to my provider, she was like, no, don't take the vaccine just yet. Just wait a minute. And after a few months, she was like, "Okay, there's this vaccine that will probably help you a lot better than this vaccine because of your experience and your reaction to the flu shot during swine flu. And so that's being informed about your medical history and how your body reacts to certain medications is important too. I would, if I had never said that to her, who knows what would have happened with a vaccine? Right. You know? Right.
0: And I would say, like, because I really haven't had any major, like, allergic reactions to things, that's part of the reason why I did not speak to my own personal... Mm -hmm position. I'm not recommending <laughs> that for other people. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, in my research and looking at the things that they said, were key factors for when you should really kind of get your providers opinion, I didn't fall into those categories. Gotcha. So um, yeah. Okay, so You know, while we definitely acknowledge the historical harm done to Black people, um, I think what we've come to is that it's really important for us that we continue to push the conversation around the existing racial biases and disparities um, in access and quality care and treatment that Black people are facing today in our current lived experiences and continue to call for action to address those biases um, and disparities, as we um, also discuss. You know, previous harms in the past as well.
1: Thanks for taking the time to listen to the So for Us podcast. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social media sites using the at so for Us podcast handle. Like, comment, leave a review, send us a trending topic you'd like us to discuss, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon in the best place that is So for Us.